looking to upgrade your Jeep? Who is Who it, is it right? right? How would you like to get free gear to make those upgrades happen even faster? Yeehaw. The Jeep Talk Show, the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast, is giving you, the listener, a chance to win big ticket items from brands you know, love, and trust. Want in on the action? We'll be giving away major Jeep gear from big name brands every month. This isn't going to be stickers, hats, and t-shirts. We're talking about serious gear that can change your Jeep build in a big way. So listen to the show every week and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss your opportunity to win the Jeep Talk Show's biggest giveaways ever. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Oh, yeah. It's another uh, Tuesday. That means we're doing a recording of a roundtable episode. And uh, this roundtable episode, we're going to have our, have a guest. We actually uh, interviewed uh, this guest, and uh, it will be that interview will be coming up on a, uh, a, a forthcoming uh, episode of the, uh, the Jeep Talk Show interview episode. So we're going to be talking with uh, Matt Dinelli of Attitude Performance, attitudeperformance.com. Matt started uh, Attitude Performance in 1994. His shop work uh, has been featured in magazines such as four-wheeler, trucking, diesel power, etc. over a hundred times. He has built SEMA vehicles over 20 years and his shop has won several design awards from major manufacturers including Ford and Chrysler. Matt got his start working on his mom's super gas dragster. Matt has several Jeeps, including a hot rod CJ5 with a blown big block, uh, Chevy, and a supercharged LJ, and one uh, one most people have never heard of, uh, a Veep. So again, that uh, website is attitudeperformance.com. Not altitude, but I guess if you pop the clutch just right, you could get some altitude. Isn't that right, uh, Matt? Absolutely, we get no traction. <laughs> and you know, a Jeep with traction is, uh, is something we all shoot for. So, uh, Matt, thanks a lot for joining us tonight. I think you know the rules. Uh, we're going to uh, talk a little bit here about uh, about your shop, about what you do, and then we're going to let those uh, Zoom people join in and uh, ask questions and answers. Are, are you ready for the questions and answers? I think so. We'll do our best. <laughs> it's it's fairly tame. They uh, they uh, actually ask uh, pretty good questions. Better than me. They should be doing the interviews. So Matt, uh, tell us a little bit about your about your shop. We went through the the intro there, but uh, tell us a little bit about your shop. Where are you located? So we're just outside Chicago. We're about ten minutes west of O'Hare Airport, um, in a town called Arlington Heights. And like you said, we've been doing this a pretty long time. We did a lot of stuff for Four Wheeler Magazine, still do, um, truck-in, motor trend. We've kind of run the gamut, started doing race car stuff a lot back in the day when I first opened up, but always wanted to do more Jeeps and trucks and had to do what I had to do to keep the doors open when I first started and finally got my wish and gravitated toward what we do nowadays, which is build everything from tube door upgrades to chassis and engine swaps and frame off restorations i think we've got five at the shop right now that are getting 
frame offs with or without motor swaps done to them. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't have to have a reason, but I'm just curious. Why moving away from the fast, sexy ones to the, the slow and curious ones? So, when after my mom quit drag racing and I started drag racing, my tow vehicle for my race car was always a truck. Most of the time, a lifted truck. And the more money I put in my race car, the less I got to drive it because it was more maintenance. Mm -hmm. The more trouble I got in it with it because I drove it on the street all the time. <laughs> and the more money I put in my trucks and Jeeps, the more I got to drive them and enjoy them. So to give you an example, a guy I used to race with had an eight-second car. And I said, so on a good day, if you make four passes, you're in that car for 32 seconds doing what it's designed to do. And he goes, yeah, that sounds about right. I said, well, at the time I had a CJ5. I said, I can run my CJ5 on the worst pump gas I can find. I can drive it all day long, roll it over, put it back on its wheels, and keep driving until I'm tired of driving. <laughs> and I've got five or six grand in it, and you've got $80,000 in your race car. Oh, this is I think beautiful. I get more seat time than you. Yeah, this is beautiful. This is great. This is kind of the reason why I, I think I, the way I put it is, and I probably told you this and when we did our interview, is I, I love fast cars. They're just so much fun. I wasn't going to die, but somebody else was going to. So I moved <laughs> I moved out of the cars into the, the trucks and the, then the Jeeps. And four-wheel drives is just, have always just been so much, so interesting to me because, uh, like I said earlier, you know, the slow and curious. You And I never thought about the way you're talking about it. You can go fast for a short period of time or you can go slow all day long till you're tired and you've, you wore up from all the fun you've had. And, and, and it's an adventure. Absolutely. And I still like going fast. I mean, the hot rod Jeep we're building is a, a CJ5 kind of rat rodish. It's the body sits about an inch and a half off the ground, and it has a blown 468 big block Chevy with nitrous and makes it's pretty mild. It makes right about 500 horsepower, but it'll be my escape into that world once in a while and see if I can stay out of trouble more this time. Right. Well, you get, you get far less. Uh, I think cops are, are less um less likely to write tickets for the slow vehicles than they are the fast vehicles because they you got a fast vehicle you, you know you're just trouble you might not got caught when you were doing it but damn it you you deserve a ticket <laughs> oh and i deserve my share and unfortunately when they if they pull me over my hot rod they're just not going to stop writing tickets because <laughs> i can come up with about 15 tickets that it needs right off the bat yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you but even in your hot rod uh, driving the hot rod around do you do you get the the gearhead cops that really are more interested in the vehicle than writing you tickets so this one's not quite done it's just about done i got to do some final carb tuning on it um but it's it's about 95 percent done so it hasn't been on the street yet but yeah i've been pulled over before where the the police officer just wanted to take a look at it, see what was under the hood, and <laughs> yeah, move on. Move on. Yeah, yeah. It, I've had uh, I've been pulled over not very often. I've been pulled over a few times, and especially with the the Cherokee, the XJ, because it seems like everybody that has been into Jeeps had one at some point in their life. Usually, the first one they had because it was affordable to them. And uh, I, I think I was doing twenty five over uh, in the. <laughs> <laughs> on a road uh, and i was just i was accelerating at the time so but motorcycle cop so i had no chance in seeing him hiding over there that that should be illegal and uh yeah. he, he he pulled me over and uh, he was saying yeah well 
I got to write you something. Uh, I have to write you some warnings because you were 25 over, which is uh, take you take you. <laughs> <laughs> take you in and and tow the jeep but we spoke for about 30 minutes about the jeep before we got to that point um anyway it was it was a lot of fun and uh it was it was concerning so i guess the way it turned out well it worked out very well all right so uh let me ask you this uh, i think you've covered this but what do you think the most um for for your average jeeper what uh, would your shop do for them? I mean, everybody wants to drop in a Hemi or an LS or something like that. But uh, what kind of uh, modifications would you make for the average Jeeper that was looking to, uh, I don't know, do you uh, do, you do the uh, lift kits? Do you do uh, gear setup? How, how does all that handle? We do an extraordinary amount of gear jobs. Um, but our, you know, our bread and butter is, what I would call the, you know, our average build, three and a half inches of lift, 35 inch tall tires, gears, bumpers, winch, you know, that sort of thing. Um, we're fortunate enough, we've been doing this a long time, that we tried a lot of things that even way back when I was a very young fledgling shop, that a lot of other people didn't want to try. So we kind of got known for doing some of the bigger stuff. So we have bigger builds peppered in amongst our day-to-day stuff so but the you know three and a half inch lift 35 inch tall tires that's kind of our bread and butter go-to you know the 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 first mod for a jeeper so to speak Mm -hmm. that's all the way to you know we've got one we're building right now on a jk chassis genrite elite suspension coilovers curry dana 70s whipple supercharged ls getting an all-aluminum handmade land rover defender 110 body put on it damn uh matt stop it i can only get so hard (laughs) (laughs) that that sounds nice that's got to be a lot of fun too uh but you have your own jeep so that you can do all these things to your own jeep right absolutely yeah my lj was a a bank repo that i bought that was a frame off restoration custom long arm double triangulated rear suspension radius arm front uh supercharged four liter so yeah i've i've had my share for sure excellent that's great so uh not only are you a dealer you're also a user we like hearing that here on the jeep talk show so uh let's uh let's get our uh, our zoom people in on on this so uh this little thing here i like to say are you new to the round table perhaps new to the jeep talk show well welcome the round table is listeners like you that connect with us on tuesday night at 8 p.m central time Uh, You don't have to be invited. You just need a Zoom meeting link and a password. Everyone's invited because everyone has an opinion or something to share, or in this case, a question to ask. To get uh, the meeting invite uh, information, subscribe to a newsletter at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. We now join the Zoom meeting, which is already in progress. Please keep in mind that what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed. The opinions may be strong or may or may not reflect the opinion of the Jeep Talk Show. Zoom people, it's your turn to talk. Would love to have you ask some questions here of Matt Dinelli of Attitude Performance, attitudeperformance.com. Uh, if you've been listening in, and hopefully you have, you he talks he talks our language. He he modifies Jeep, and uh, I think he may even uh, speak Chuck's language because uh, uh, he's got a has a, a CJ5. So uh, uh, Chuck is our metal Jeep only uh, Zoom member. He likes the the older Jeeps, the scramblers and uh, flat fenders and stuff. So uh, you may, I'll, I'll warn you about Chuck. He may give you some uh, old, old Jeep questions. 
But anyway, you know how it works, guys. Tell us uh, your first name and uh, your general location when you're asking uh, your first question or your first speaking. And uh, feel free to have at it. You are now live, Zoom people. Evening. Good evening. evening. So everyone's uh, real quiet right now. Well, we're all wondering where we're all seeing you eat your whatever you're eating is stick there, Chuck, and we're all wondering where ours is. (laughs) Well, I I just I did I did twelve hours out on the job site, so I come home and no burger, and here I and here I am listening to it like real jeeps, so I'm kind of excited. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah, I mean my pants are going to stay on, but it'll be all right. Well, that's a good thing. (laughs) At least for the video off. So so you can't see it. Uh, Matt, but we have uh, all the Zoom people here uh, in video, so uh, we we always have to be very careful about what we uh, what we talk about because you never can tell. It's like wear. That, that, <laughs> we that, have to be careful like what that, we wear. It's like that CNN guy that got fired for the uh, the uh, the incident uh, on the Zoom meeting. So anyway, uh, <laughs> do you guys uh, introduce yourself and uh, ask Matt a question? Absolutely. Hey, Matt, Steve from Aurora, Illinois, actually, not too How far you? from you. Good. How are you doing? So looking looking at your site, got a lot of good stuff on you. You see the blazer on there. The uh, it looks like a Ford Raptor. What's the funnest build you ever did? Oh man! Um, <laughs> uh, you've only been open for what thirty years, twenty some odd years. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So honestly, probably our next build. <laughs> right? <laughs> they're they're the big jobs. I do them and. Don't get me wrong. I, I, we love and respect everybody's vehicles. I understand everybody's vehicle is their baby, but the big stuff that we have to design, build. Um, we did a show. We did a truck that ended up on Trucks TV on TNN way back in the day that we designed from scratch. It was a Dodge pickup that we did a full air suspension on. We were one of the first ones to do it on a full-size four-wheel drive truck. That one was a lot of fun. The new one we're building now that's getting the the Whipple-blown LS with the Land Rover Defender body is just going to be over the top. So as much as I like doing the the day-to-day stuff and our our bread and butter, so to speak, you know, we just did a... God, they're all fun. I mean, I told somebody this the other day. If I was rich which is never going to happen doing what i do for a living but if i was i would seriously still do what i do for a living i mean i just enjoy building things and wrenching and problem solving awesome so so i guess this being the jeep talk so i guess we gotta keep a little jeep related so (laughs) who's your preferred you know for doing the you mentioned three and a half inches lifts who's your preferred and favorite uh manufacturer to work with for the kits so it really depends on what you're doing with the vehicle i mean i ask even if somebody wants to come in and buy shocks i try to get as much information as i can is this a street truck is it a mud truck is it a crawler you know there's i tell you you know we're we've been a bds and a jks dealer for years my girlfriend's gladiator has jks on it rides beautifully you know a week after we i her and I built it, you know, we took it to Tennessee and I couldn't be happier. Honestly, in a JK, our go-to for years has been AEV. Um, some people don't like the geo brackets because you lose ground clearance. They say a little bit, but the ride and drive 
of that vehicle for what, I'll, you know, let's be honest. I get people in here, you know, in the shop, they say, you know, oh, I go wheeling constantly and this and that. And if you really sit down and do the math, how much are you really off-roading your daily driver versus driving it to work, driving it to the grocery store, driving right. the kids around? You know, it, it needs to work really well on the road as well. And AEV has really always been one of our premier brands that we've always gone to. And during this whole pandemic deal, their inventory has been phenomenal. Oh, wow. We, we make an order, and it's there in, within two days. Well, that helps. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it, it really does. And, and, you know, I've been friends with those guys since, you know, their head engineer used to own a company called Hence Degree Mobility. And Jim Friends was actually responsible for the creation of the Rubicon. So really? he's unbelievably intelligent to the point it's, I love him to death, but it's almost hard for me to talk to him because he talks like, I think I'm pretty smart, and he talks like four levels over my head. <laughs> this ask you, but, can, you I, know, can I record this for later uh, <laughs> later consumption? <laughs> I need to yeah, look up, I've got to get a, a dictionary and a thesaurus to keep up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think back in the day when he had N3 Mobility, I think the instructions for his sway bar links were 56 pages. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he he's an engineer through and through, and it was I mean, it was That's a awesome. day and a half worth of reading before you started working on the vehicle. <laughs> yeah, engineers but, are a different breed. Yeah, we're great. Dave, <laughs> <laughs> shut your damn mouth! I didn't say anything <laughs> negative. I just said they're different. <laughs> so, so this is Chuck from Kansas. I I have a just a simple question. So you've been doing this for quite some time. Do you really think that the industry, with all the technology, has made it funner or better to wheel compared to the old steel? And like, you know, back in the, in the 90s or whatever, when we were, or the late 80s, when we were doing spring over axle stuff and kind of implementing some of the new technology back then, compared to all this just crazy stuff that they have uh, available now, has it changed the industry so much that it's not as fun as it used to be? I wouldn't say sense? it's not as fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. You make 100% sense. I wouldn't say it's not as fun. I would say that for the people to have the same it's easier to get involved in it now, I think, because the vehicles are so much more capable. And you can get places that you couldn't get before without years of experience. And, you know, I tell people all the time, I'll have somebody come into my shop and they'll say, you know, what should I do to my vehicle? And my question is, what can't you do now? How, how familiar, are with, familiar are you with your vehicle's abilities and capabilities in its current form. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, you, everybody's always seen that video of that flat bender going over Golden Crack in Moab, and you see somebody that bought and paid for one with a, you know, a JK or a JL with a long arm that struggles, it's, I tell everybody, get to know your vehicle. And 
it can still be fun. They're amazingly capable, you know, more so than they were back then in stock form. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't say it. I think it absolutely helped the industry because it got more people involved without having to live, breathe, eat, and sleep the vehicle. They can still go out. They can still have a good time and do stuff that would have been, you know, I don't want to say impossible, much more difficult for them in a TJ5 on 31s. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got, we built a scrambler that uh, now you're my talking. cousin. Uh, you just got a Woody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, we got, we have two flat fenders at the shop right now, too. So I've got we eight. Built a, you've got eight? <laughs> yeah. I, we have, we have one at the shop that's my son's, who a, a good friend of mine gave him. It's a 1950 with 20,000 original miles on it. Oh, my God. Oh, that's sexy, man. That we're putting, well, we're cutting it up a little bit. We're putting a... Oh, no. We're putting an odd fire V6 in it. I bought a CJ5 uh, as a donor. Like a, so I've got, is it a Dauntless? Yes, sir. You putting it? Yeah, you're putting a Dauntless in there? Yeah, that's an amazing yeah. motor. So we've got the... The Dauntless motor, three-speed, an original Warren Overdrive that I have the receipt. It was installed in 1973. That's sexy. Dana 44s, but I'm doing something a little different. So we were trying to get it to SEMA a couple years ago, and we ran out of time. But we're doing um, radius arms front and rear and coilovers in it. And I'm going to set it up a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to set it up, a, not real tall still. It's only going with to be a, like 30 with a, So do you have the offset 44 in the back? Yes. Huh. Never even so, thought about putting coilovers on an offset 44. That's pretty neat, man. So we're going to, we're going to do little baby kings in it or little foxes or something. It's not going to be yeah. stupid tall. It's only going to be on like 32s. And then I've got my Veep. I don't know if you've ever heard or seen one of those. It's a, a replica steel flat fender body with all Volkswagen running gear. <laughs> so I've seen that stuff on the internet, but I, I didn't know much about it. I thought it was just blaspheming, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> it, it was oh, uh, Chuck, you don't even know how to use the internet. <laughs> It was going to be the tow behind for my RV because it only weighs like 1,580 pounds. And, right. of course, I put a big a stroker motor in it, so it makes like 140 horsepower out of that little bug motor. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, 1,500 pounds, you need to put a jet engine in that thing. Make it move. <laughs> oh, it, no. it, that little bug motor at 140 horse. I bet. Thing, I bet it, it does. It lights those little super swampers up. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Jimmy, do you have a question for uh, Matt about how not to roll over uh, a Jeep? <laughs> <laughs> hey, to be fair, Jimmy didn't roll. He just went a little Knight Rider. Uh, I learned exactly where my balance point is on my Jeep. That's all that happened. We, uh, Matt, we had a, a Jeep talk my, show. You know, we had a Jeep talk show event, uh, uh, not this past weekend, but before, and uh, Jimmy almost rolled it. It was uh, very unusual. It was a spot that he's been up many many times and just the well you know when you go off road you 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 cannot expect it to work exactly the same way every time because conditions change your setup may be different 
uh, or even slightly different. So uh, Jimmy was uh, was our uh, uh, event high point, I guess, from an excitement standpoint. So that's the reason why I'm giving him a hard time. And, and our listeners that are not aware of what's going on, that's the reason why I'm talking about uh, teach Jimmy how not to roll over. I'm just going to well, say, I, I, did exactly, I did exactly as Josh asked me to. That's true, other than backing up. Yeah, I wasn't going to back up. I didn't know exactly where I was when I was up on two wheels. <laughs> Great video, though. You'll have to check that out, Matt. It was, it was and, pretty and fun. To give you a better insight, since I don't know if you... My, my Jeep's pretty well equipped, and, and I'm exactly what Chuck hates um, in my Jeep. <laughs> uh, I take all the fun out of off-roading, but he didn't get to drive it at the event because I never saw him while we are on any of the trails. Otherwise, I would have let him take, sit behind the wheel for a bit. But I'm on um, I'm on 40s with uh, an Evo manufacturing long arm and high clearance, uh, and steering assist. And the the nice thing about where I went, while I can't run down the highway at 80 uphill, um, it actually rides better than a stock Jeep on the road. Uh, the owner of Evo Mel was just at my shop a couple weeks ago. He was actually in town, and he's actually coming back in town this Friday doing. An event with Nitto or Toil, I believe, for the they're taking uh, mostly classic cars and stuff down to Route 66. So, nice yeah, I'd like to get my hands on, on Toyo. I'm not a big fan. What the speedway is 66 drag strips still open? No, no, they're doing Route 66. The road, you know, oh. they're driving the road. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Doing the mother road. Yep. Sweet. But I'm, I totally agree. The reason I did the build I did was so my Jeep still rode on the road. Even though it's not my daily driver, actually it is right now because my daily driver is in the shop and I can drive my Jeep as the backup, my built one. And I, I drive into, I drive uh, 90 miles round trip daily. He's nuts. Yeah, I mean, well, you do what we you could do, do that back in the day with scramblers and CJs, but, you know, you needed a kidney belt and, <laughs> you know, it was a, a little more challenging. Preach it. Preach it, brother. <laughs> I've got a metal Jeep in the garage, Chuck. 87 Wagoneer. Nice. Around here, we yeah. find those to pull the motors out of them to put them in other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know, if you, because there isn't any body left in it. Actually, I'm from the Chicago area. I grew up in Villa Park. Um, and I actually left when I bought it while I was living up there. I hopped on a Greyhound and went to Oklahoma City to pick it up and drove it back sight unseen wow. with a bag full of tools. Wow. That had been an interesting uh, pat down at the, through the TSA. It, the Greyhound doesn't check bags. Oh, you said bus. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you said bus. <laughs> Jimmy, you talk like that's unusual. I've done that several times. Hop on an airplane, fly across the country, look at a vehicle, and decide whether to get in it or get back on the airplane. Well, it helps to have connections to get tickets at a good rate there, Bob. <laughs> Bob, does, does the price go up when they know you flew in? No, usually I can use it to barter the price down. Interesting. Where, where, Matt, where have you wheeled in the, in the area before? Where have I? Yeah. Yeah, because we all uh, know how much... Badlands and... Going. Yeah. Well. Badlands and Cliffs. Um, cliffs no longer allows trucks there anymore. Yep. But I, was I actually... 
Good. I spent a lot of my time at the Badlands. I was friends with the original owner, Troy, before he passed away. Okay. So, yeah, be- that's in... What's up? Yeah, the Badlands, we have one guy here. I was hoping to join Chip, who does uh, trail guiding for them down there. Yeah, Chip's one of my customers. Yeah, I was just going to uh, say, I think you know Chip. Awesome. Isn't the Badlands in South Dakota? Uh, Badlands Off Road Park, not the National Park. Oh, got it. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, no, place in, it's a place in Indiana that cost me my engine. You and uh, Chip recently <laughs> went to the Badlands, didn't you? Yeah, Steve? we were there um, when it was like 29 degrees out <laughs> a month ago, two mo- a month and a half ago. We're actually going down the last weekend of the month. Chip, Larry, and I are going to meet down there again. But as Matt can attest, our options up here are, are pretty limited. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm. I feel so fortunate. We've been in business as long as we have, with having no options up here to wheel. Yeah. Yeah. It, no legal options. <laughs> yeah, I've owned Jeeps my entire life, and I've wheeled more in the six years I've been in Texas than I did in Brest all the rest of my life. And, and that's amazing too, because we don't have any public land here. Uh, it's just parks, off-road parks. Well, that's the thing. Illinois doesn't even have parks. One park we had was called the Cliffs down in Marseille, down near Ottawa. I'm not sure if you ever were there, Jimmy, but they got a land grant from the DNR of Illinois to expand. And one of the conditions was they can only do side-by-sides and quads. They can't do trucks anymore or Jeeps because the DNR just they Well, the new Jeeps friendly. are too damn wide. <laughs> the new Jeeps are too damn they wide. Won't let you take your, they won't take your carbureted hill stopping no, plug-in. Horseshit. I'm narrower, I'm narrower than all the side-by-sides nowadays. And I can do a shit ton more than them boys do. They still won't let you on the trail. Half those side by sides are as, are as wide as my my ton axles right. that are full yeah. width. But, no, I'm but actually there's, running, there's nothing narrow about a side by side. We're running an eighty. I'm running an eighty one scrambler, so I'm still narrow track. Yeah, I don't even have a wide track CJ five, and we do totally but, fine. But to your point, Tony, if you the parks down there, the, the state's not getting involved with them, leaving them alone. Here, they're the state's getting involved, and they're just. It's just, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. As, yeah. As usually happens. Yeah. To say the least. Yep. There was a place yeah. up in McHenry, too, that closed as well. I'm not yeah, I was never at that one. I heard it was just kind of a big mud pit with a hill. Yeah, that's why I never went uh-huh. either. But it's the point is, even that's gone. <laughs> right. Yep. Have you done Redbird? Yeah, no. Uh, no, I have not. And to be honest with you, I'm between tow vehicles at the moment. Gotcha. So we're actually, we're selling a few of our project vehicles and, uh, I've got an ambulance. We converted into an RV and a semi and we built a cab over custom cab over semi. We're selling to get another tow vehicle so I can go out more. And as much as I love what I do for a living after doing it for this long, I don't get to wheel as much as I would like to because at the end of the day, I've driven 50 Jeeps over a week, you know, in the course of a week working, worked on them, done all sorts of stuff. Sometimes when the weekend comes, as much as I love it, I don't want to look at a Jeep for a day. <laughs> well, that's that's the old joke where, where, you, where you, you're, you, you greet, uh, your wife greets you at the door naked and you're a gynecologist. And you say, honey, if I see one more, I, I just can't do it. <laughs> exactly yeah exactly (laughs) there can be too much of a good thing yeah Yeah, matt i i I guess that that, that's an i 
I guess that's a question. My wife has always asked me to be a part of the Jeep rebuild community. And I always tell her like, hey, I don't I don't want my hobby to become a job. Have you found that what you do for a living? I mean, obviously, you just said it, but let's just rubber meets the road. Has it hindered your desire to really go out because this is what you do for a living now? It has. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. It has to a certain extent beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mean, you know, sometimes the weekend comes and, you know, I got customers that I've been like, the upside is doing what I do for a living and, and being around like-minded people. I've got to be legitimate friends with people that started out as customers. And which is good, which brings up another point, which is good and bad. I mean, I've got customers now that are, like I said, legitimate friends that, makes it hard to charge them what I should I was, how I was just, time I've gotten their vehicle and, and things like that because <laughs> you have to try to separate the friendship from the business side. I was just going to ask you, what what is the friend's discount these days, Matt? <laughs> Depends on what I'm doing and how much I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs to be Matt's friend. <laughs> we're, we're, doing uh-huh. an, we're doing an MJ for a guy right now who just brought it back from What's Southern that? Florida that is Super, super clean body-wise, not put together the greatest, um, on super-duty axles, on 42-inch tall tires, and what we're going to design and build for that vehicle, I absolutely cannot wait to start working on it, and I keep picking at it between other stuff, and I know damn well he's not going to get charged what I should be charging to do that if it was Joe Blow customer off the street, right? because it's going to be a lot of fun. And he's a friend. So, Matt, correct, hey, hey. correct me on this, uh, answering Chuck's question. The MJ is the last Jeep truck before the Gladiator came out. It is uh, basically a Cherokee with a, uh, a a frame, half a frame and a bed. So it's a Cherokee up front yep. and a, a truck bed in the back. It's a really cool vehicle. Yes, sir. What? Yep. The uh, the MJ, which was the, the Comanche. So... Uh, wanted wanted one of those for a long time. Had absolutely no oh, place to put it. Oh, old school, yeah, yeah. Uh, they didn't they make those like through ninety two or something, uh, Matt? I don't remember. I want to say that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. I think this was like an eighty eight or eighty nine or something. Yeah. I ran into the back of an MJ because yeah, uh, I didn't know that the Cherokee brakes would lock up like they do. It was a little wet, and I was driving it fast, uh, my 98 Cherokee, and uh, the guy pulled out in front of me and uh, hit the brakes, and I slid into him. No no real damage, but uh, the, <laughs> I thought it was funny. In the first month of owning my uh, 98 uh, Cherokee, I ran into the back of an MJ, and there wasn't a lot of MJs <laughs> around. So, Yeah, we're doing uh, double triangulated rear suspension and... Uh, ORI struts in the back and a whole subframe, you know, tying the frame rails together and up through the bed floor and full hydro steer and it'll be it'll be really cool and super capable. So Matt, let me ask you something. We have our, our resident Grand Cherokee owner uh, in the, the Zoom room tonight. Uh, do you do any Grand Cherokee builds? Very little. So the, <laughs> in my opinion. And I, the, the year escapes me right now. I'd have to look at one. The, the Grand Cherokees, uh, I want to say late 90s, early 2000s, seem to be one of the most prone Jeep vehicles ever to death wobble. 
<laughs> I'm yes, picking, they are. I'm picking on. I'm picking on Christopher because it's what he's got. <laughs> exactly that oh, one. But I mean, they are so, prone to death but, wobble. But if you get the geometry just correct, you <laughs> can get out of it. This is this is what <laughs> you do. How I know this is what you do for your girl or <laughs> your girl or your wife that has a drinking problem. You you start giving excuses to why she's great. <laughs> But I have to say, it's a very capable vehicle because it's got the V8, and it is a straight axle, uh, Dana 30 up front with a 44A in the rear, which is a center section aluminum housing. Yep, I got a pair. I got a pair of those axles that came out of a Grand Cherokee sitting in my shop. <laughs> <laughs> Great vehicle, though. Because, yep, we. And, and that was another, somebody asked me before what uh, one of my favorite builds was. We did one for another customer. It turned into a friend of mine that we did a, a Cherokee with a 5.9 in it and put um, JK axles in it. Mm-hmm. Did That's- rear part steering, Ironman off-road front suspension, um, 37-inch tires, PSE hydro assist, um, kind of a hybrid exo cage internal cage type deal and custom bumpers i got a buddy of mine here in gilbert illinois that does a lot of uh custom bumpers for yj's tj's cherokees that sort of stuff and unbelievably capable vehicle oh, and he had it for about six months and his new wife said they needed a house so it found a new home oh no <laughs> yeah it was it was a great ride i mean it was that thing worked exceptionally well these things are very underrated and i don't understand why people don't buy them more i am trying to talk my son into letting me get him one for his first vehicle and he's just he wants an xj cheap i know skyrocketing car prices the v8s and the six cylinders are less than fifteen hundred dollars wow in decent shape now you may have to do some well therein lies Therein lies the problem. Here in the Rust Belt, you can't find one in decent shape anymore. They got no rocker uh, panels in them. Okay, yeah, we uh, we're from Oklahoma, Texas area, so it's like okay. no salt. So we need to get Chuck and bring <laughs> yeah. this eighteen wheeler down here. We buy up a bunch of Grand Cherokees down, you know, in South or in California, and then we take them up to the northern places and sell them for high dollar, rust free. Yeah, three thousand dollars. Yeah, but I thought we were—I <laughs> thought we were talking about jeeps, though. I didn't know we were talking about grocery. You hush, Chuck. I don't, you I don't quite understand. That's the problem with why off my mom mobile. Like Isuzu Troopers and stuff. I mean, it's just a molded Isuzu Trooper for Christ's sake. Hey, it's got a one hundred six wheelbase. It's better than most vehicles out there. <laughs> but Chuck, steel jeeps rust. That's the problem with steel jeeps. Plastic doesn't rust. Yeah. Just cut the rust out. It'll be fine. It'll fall into the ground. And <laughs> Chuck, right. you be quiet. It's not as good as an Isuzu Trooper, damn it. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, dear. Uh, yes, dear. All right. Any other questions for Matt? I mean, my God, so much information here. So, so much fun uh, to be had. I can see where you, you have fun doing this. And, you know, it, it would be nice to be rich, but like you say, you'd still be doing the job anyway. So, Think of this as not being rich as a motivator to keep doing it day after day. Yeah, so I have a question. Um, what? So, so you you produced a lot of vehicles and, and you do builds for people and bringing the parts. Have, have you ever come up with a part you wish you had gone into production on? Yes. So 
we've we've actually came up and and had our own part for quite some time. There is one that so to back up a little bit, my my son who's twenty years old has and he's been in my shop since he could walk is now running the front office, does all our sales, scheduling, estimating, everything. He's, I couldn't be more proud of the job he does for us. It's phenomenal. But he gets a call all the time, and every time he does, he comes out and he shakes his head and hands me the phone. So years ago, when we did a lot of stuff, more stuff than we do now with Four Wheeler Magazine, we did, this wasn't a Jeep thing, but this was a, a more of a tow vehicle thing. We were doing a, we did a 4L60 to 4L80 transmission swap, which is the half-ton GM trans to the three-quarter ton or one-ton GM trans. Four-wheeler magazine said it was a kit. It wasn't a kit. It was something that we did that we never went into production for because there was, in my opinion, a lot of variables that I couldn't control once the components left our shop. And it was going to be, in my opinion at the time, a lot of headache, a lot of back-and-forth phone call to try to get all the different variables ironed out to make it. If, if I was going to produce something, I wanted it as user-friendly as possible. And that's something we get calls on. We did that probably at least 15 years ago. And we get several calls a month on that those components still to this day. The other thing that we did that we actually were the first one to produce was we built a component called the transfer case indexing ring. Once again, it wasn't really a Jeep thing. It was for, we used to build a lot of really tall show trucks back when like 99, 2000 era when Ford Super Duties got popular again. And we built a component that would allow you to clock the transfer case three, six, or nine inches of drop in the front output because we were doing trucks with 12 inches of lift and the drive shaft, the front drive shaft wouldn't live at that kind of severe angle. And that component we actually did produce with advanced adapters for quite some time and then literally got knocked off by, I think, six or seven other companies in the industry. Wow. And it became, I mean, we were, it was to the point we were selling, we were selling to a very major suspension manufacturer who shall remain nameless because it'll just aggravate me. And <laughs> we, were, we were selling, you know, every six months, we were probably selling two to 300 of these pieces that we were building for these vehicles. And we got knocked off, like I said, by probably at least six companies that come to mind off the top of my head. And it just became not cost-effective to try to produce it anymore. It kind of ran its course. And then the, the, the transfer case, the vehicles that had those style transfer cases that had that much lift, that transfer case got phased out and changed anyway about the time it started to kind of wane. But, yeah, so we have produced components here and there. We have a phenomenal laser cutter right down the street from us who can make me Whatever we need, he makes me look a lot better than I am sometimes because <laughs> of the components he has the ability to make. He tells me he builds his his usual thing is they build like parts for O'Hare Airport and they build parts for garbage trucks, garbage companies. 
things like that. So he goes, I build very utility pieces. He goes, you have the artistic, you know, round this corner, put a hole here for decoration, you know, kind of, you know, for lightening up the components, so to speak, or what have you. He goes, I don't have that eye like you do. He goes, so when I come and build stuff for you, it's still fun. <laughs> well, you know, I was but, just thinking, you're talking about airports and uh, garbage trucks. That That's exactly a Jeep because it'll fly. And- <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you want to throw it away. <laughs> so I was picking on uh, Christopher and his uh, his Grand Cherokee. Do you do any Cherokee builds? And I'm thinking that it probably isn't. Uh, I, I think people put more money into vehicles that are more expensive, uh, whereas the Cherokees weren't very expensive. But the last uh, two or three years, they've become <laughs> they've become gold. So uh, have you done any Cherokee builds? And I'm talking about the XJ. We do. Um, like I said, the biggest problem to them is finding one that, you know, we have a, a, a rule at our shop now where if somebody comes in with a TJ or an XJ or something from that era, we will not take a deposit over the phone. We will not order parts until we inspect the vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Because it's kind of like, well, you're going to find that there's really no reason to put that stuff on it, unfortunately. I, Exactly. I mean, we've, we've gotten stuck with, you know, back in the past before we had that rule at the shop, we got stuck with so many lift kits and so many components because they'd show up with a vehicle and you can put your fist through the frame. I don't and see the problem. I, <laughs> I was going to say, that can be welded, right? There, yeah, I mean, well, all you need is 316 plate. I mean, you can fix that, can't you? Well, I mean, it'd probably be easier <laughs> just to get, the, uh, to get into the frame. Not in an extra. <laughs> Especially on the XJ. It would be fun to have a uh, an XJ with a frame. I was thinking of the TJ, though. Yeah, we've got a TJ at the shop now that, that you know, two years ago, two and a half years ago now, I begged him to not, don't make me put a motor in this thing. It's going to, this thing is not going to live much longer. Please don't make me do this. And he goes, nope, I need it. I want my Jeep. I'm like, two or three times I'm going to try to talk you out of it, and then... If you're not going to listen, I'm I'm still here to make money. I'm going to do what you want to do at some point, as long as it's safe. We put a motor in it, and eight months ago, it came back with the control arms laying on the ground because they fell off the frame. Now we're putting oh a frame and a body on it. Well, you got to because you got sickness. that nice engine in it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a sickness, yeah, I, though. I mean, that's, Jeepers don't understand that. You know, it's it's the frame up, right? I mean, so if they want it, they want it. It's a sickness. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. Yeah. No, it until is. it falls on the floor. It really is. Right. She, she may have a drinking problem, but you still love her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she may fall it's on all the floor about the bolt-ons. Tony, it's all about the bolt-ons, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> let's just be honest. Yep. 100%. Bolt-ons are great for people that don't know how to weld, like me. <laughs> So how's the uh, how's the parts uh, uh, department been? You've been having any issues with us shipping and availability and everything else that slowed y'all down at all? Um, it did for quite some time, and there's some companies out there that are still in rough shape. Um, you know, one of our our biggest is BDS Suspension. We've been with them since BDS was in, was started. We used to do their pre-production installation work for them when they didn't even have a lift. Um, for a while, 
you know, probably a year ago, they were, you know, 16 weeks out or better. We waited 27 weeks for one lift yet. My God. Um, now they're, you know, 95% of what we order is there in two days. Um, King Shocks, last time we called to get an estimate from them, they were a, a, exactly a year booked in advance. You know, advanced adapters, love them guys to death. I was friends with one of the previous owners. And they we've got one, two, three Atlas twos on order right now. And the first one keeps getting pushed back due to unforeseen circumstances. So, you know, it's some some is a lot of it's getting better. Good. Paraflex was back ordered on one of their particular long arm kits and some of their shocks and they're coming back around to getting to be in a better place now. Very so good. the tires are, are getting to be a big issue right now. I've got two sets of tires in my garage, Matt. The ones I took off the Gladiator, that uh, the, the quote-unquote ATs that come from Jeep, and uh, a set of uh, Nexon Rodian MTXs, uh, 35, uh, uh, 12 and a half by 17s. Um, you know, and I couldn't even uh, sell those things on uh, on Craigslist or, or Facebook Marketplace. Uh, people all wanted to pay, you know, $500 less for them than what you could buy them for, and they're brand new. Yep. But, I mean, when, when somebody needs them, I mean, I got friends of mine that have drag race cars that might not get to go race this year because they can't even buy slicks for their car because nobody's got them. The, the tire shortage is going to hurt here. And it's going to get worse before it gets better as much as I, I'm not a doom and gloom person, but, you know, Mickey Thompson's out on a lot of stuff. And we checked a BF Goodrich the other day, and they literally had zero ETA. Do you think it's oil prices and oil availability or what's causing the, uh, the issue? I don't think that's helping because, you know, tires are petroleum-based. So right. oil prices go up, tire prices go up. And, you know, being that they're petroleum-based, product yeah i mean if we're if we're having an oil shortage in this you know in general that's probably a really good reason nobody's said that come out and said it yet but it's trickle down it's going to affect everything and i think that's probably a big part of it well i guess the other thing too is if you're paying so much for the uh the components to make the tire uh and you're going to have to raise the price so high they know people aren't going to pay it so why sit on a bunch of uh, inventory that you can't sell Absolutely. I, we've also seen now where companies are not allowing you to back order components because if they, by the time they get the component, which one, they don't know when that's going to be, but the time they get it, if steel prices have gone up, material costs have risen, they can end up selling it for less than what they have to pay for it now by the time it comes in stock again. Right. The other option is, I've seen other vendors where, okay, you're going to give us a deposit, we're going to put you in line, and whatever the cost is, the cost is when it shows up. And if you want to opt out, you know, quality vendors are saying, we'll give you your money back because we've got 25 people in line behind you that want it. So, not that we don't care, but... You know, we're, we're not going to get stuck with this part. Yeah, but we don't care. This is this reminds me of the, the Ford Bronco. Whenever, 
<laughs> people were ordering pre-ordering that and then they found out it was gonna be thirty thousand dollars more than what they had thought it was gonna be <laughs> yeah you're not kidding <laughs> well they're doing i i just saw something the other day where they're Somebody was complaining about that with the 392 also. Oh, God, yeah. People are just loving that thing. Of course, we can think, I think we can thank the Ford Bronco uh, for, for the 392, the V8 finally showing up in the Wrangler. Just my theory. I don't oh. know if it's true or not. I would, I would agree with you 100%. We actually just supercharged, well, not just recently, we supercharged a factory 392 Wrangler. We <laughs> Nobody has a kit for it. We were the first one that I'm aware of. There, there are supercharged, obviously, Hemi Wranglers, but they're usually motor swaps with superchargers. Right. We developed a supercharger for a stock 392 Wrangler. So, please tell me that you got to drive that one. It's way too fast to be that much shaped like a brick. <laughs> oh, I wish people said that about me. I would have loved that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we added right about 100 horsepower and 100 foot-pounds of torque. That factory oh motor. my gosh that just sounds like so much fun you know it's going to be great having that kind of information in your head where you you know that you can just do it uh given the the amount of uh, the right amount of time the right amount the right amount of money well uh <laughs> so uh matt we're we're at that point where uh, you know the, how the kids love uh, the social media can you tell people uh, how they can uh, reach out find out more of course we've We've already mentioned your site, attitudeperformance.com. Uh, are you on the social media? Are, are you on the TikTok, uh, the Instagram? Um, yeah, the TikTok doesn't really have an official shop page. It's me posting shop stuff once in a while, which is Mattitude71. And Instagram is just Attitude Performance. And then, of course, Facebook is Attitude, uh, Attitude Performance as well. Um, there's also... Attitude Performance Upfitters, which is a page on, we do some four-wheel drive van conversions, and we ha- we actually have a ambulance converted to four-wheel drive. That's our RV. Oh, that's great. Six inches of lift. <laughs> yeah, six inches of lift and 35-inch tall tires. We use it to tow our motorcycles and boat and what have you and go camping and hunting and fishing out of it. So, yep, we're all over the place. Do you ever dress up uh, you and another person, uh, you're, you're uh, Burt Reynolds and the... Uh uh, the passenger is Dom DeLuise. <laughs> you just go running around in the, the ambulance. <laughs> There's people out there going, what the hell is he talking about? Oh, you gotta, you gotta watch that movie. That's a great movie. Yep. Nope. Remember it well. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And, uh, I think we had a, a lot of fun, a lot of great questions, a lot of good interaction with the zoom people. Thank you. Zoom people. Uh, I can uh, almost always count on you guys uh, to, to be entertaining and, uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we did have a, a couple of people show up late. I mean, really late, like within the last five minutes. And too bad for you, but still, thank you for joining. <laughs> so, yeah, thank just, you, guys. Yeah, just want to remind everybody, we'll be uh, there is an upcoming interview with Matt where uh, he and I talk about in detail lots of uh, fun things. It was a really fun interview, and uh, uh, it'll be coming up uh, probably, I'm going to lie to you, I'm going to say it's going to be in the next couple of months. So uh, I've got it on a schedule someplace. I just didn't look it up. But uh, look forward to uh, having uh, to produce, uh, uh, putting that uh, interview out there for you guys on our new uh, f- uh, fourth weekly episode of the Jeep Talk Show, the interview episode. All right. So thank you guys a lot for being with us. Uh, remember, we're going to have another uh, roundtable next week. And, and Matt, 
uh, you know how the thing works. Uh, you know, you could join us and join in on this group uh, every week if you want to. I'm sure you got better things to do, but you're definitely welcome because you'd fit right in with these guys. I mean, you can talk about the, the new Jeeps. You can talk about the old Jeeps. And uh, you can get people hell like Chuck does because we just really love all the, 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 the hard time that Chuck gives us about driving these plastic Jeeps. Which, by the way, the plastic Jeep performed great at our off-road event, my uh, 2021 uh, uh, Jeep Talk Show Gladiator. So there you go, Chuck. Anyway, you guys have a great night. I want to thank you a lot uh, for being here, all of you, including uh, Matt, our guest. And uh, we will uh, have a uh, another episode. We're going to be recording on Tuesday nights, as we always do, 8 p.m. Central Time. If you'd like to get a notification about who's going to be on or maybe the questions that we're going to ask if we don't have a guest, uh, sign up for our newsletter, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Just scroll on down on that page, and you will see a place where you can sign up for the newsletter. And uh, I think we do one email a week, if you're lucky. Uh, we try to do one email a week uh, with uh, the newsletter. And, uh, you know, the I can't talk enough about our Discord server. It's a lot like the Zoom meeting, except you can do it while you're at work, because it's the 24-hour uh, text chat thing. So, you know, you can kind of be stealthy. You got to go to the bathroom. You can, uh, the only thing, only thing that kind of concerns me, and it may not be everybody, but always kind of bothers me about uh, giggling and laughing when I'm sitting in a stall someplace. Cause it's like, you know, people are thinking, what is he, what are you doing? <laughs> so, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And that's the point. And you can uh, find the invite to our discord server at that exact same place. Uh, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. So until next week, we hope you have a great Jeep week and, uh, uh, well, just be safe out there. Podcasting since 2010.